This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. We're in the book of Psalms again, and it, this is an interesting Psalm. It is, it is really more where uh, David comes to God with some vows he's trying to live by. It's, it's one, of those, one of those psalms where you come in and a man who is trying to live a right life, live an upright life, and he makes vows to God. And that's a normal thing in the Christian walk. It's not an easy thing to do. We want to do what is right. But as the Apostle Paul said, uh, the things I want to do, I do not do. And the things I, I don't want to do, I keep on doing. He says, I find this uh, this war within me. This uh, It's a dichotomy. It's a, it's, a, it's, 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 it's a difficult time inside of him. And so he says, I will sing of mercy and justice to you, O Lord. I will sing praises. And what he's saying is he's opened up and letting us know that he's going to sing about uh, God's mercy. Remember, mercy is uh, us not getting what we deserve, and what we deserve is his judgment and justice. And what he's saying is, I'm going to sing about God's mercy, and I'm going to sing about how just he is. And and when we don't get the justice of God, oftentimes, years and years ago, it's not as prevalent today and not, not near as possible today in the environment we're in, but judges used to say, you know, when they had had arraignments or a plea day or, or whatever, they tell you we got on this side of the room. I want everybody to line up who wants mercy. <laughs> and then on this side of the room, I want everybody who lines up to line up who wants uh, justice. And the truth is that for the believer, we always want God's mercy. We don't want His judgment because because we're trophies of His grace. We're not trophies of His of His holiness and and His law. We don't live by the law. We live by the Spirit, and uh, the Spirit leads us into all of His character and nature, which causes us to live by the law. But it doesn't cause us to live by the law based off of living by rules. It causes us to live by the law based off of living in a relationship. And we don't have a religion, we have a relationship. I said that to someone yesterday. We don't have a religion, we have a relationship with God. And, and out of that relationship with God, oftentimes we're able to actually walk with him in his justice and righteousness. But that's just because we're walking in his righteousness, not our own. He says, to you, O Lord, I will sing praises. And I, we are in the book of Psalms, and it is important that you see that constantly Praising God and entering into his presence and being with him causes our lives to be, causes our lives to be in line with his. And there's just really not any way to get around that. Worshiping and having your own quiet time, your own to think and to uh, commune with God gives you an opportunity to hear what he has to say about your life. He says, I will behave wisely 
in a perfect way. And like I said, there's a, a group of vows that David is making, the things that he's aspiring to. And the reason I say he's aspiring to is because we all know that you aspirations and reality oftentimes are far apart. And But the desire of your heart is what matters. And really, that's what matters to God. He knows the limited limitedness of our nature. He he sure knows the limitedness of our of our situation and how we, who we are and what is going on in our lives. And he knows the struggle we have with ourselves and with sin and with this world. And he doesn't hold us to the standard of perfection. He holds us to the standard of faith that we would trust him and that we would continue to walk with him. He doesn't hold us to the standard of perfection. But David desired that, and, and that's why God said of David that he was a man after his own heart. He desired to walk. He says, I'll, I will behave wisely in a perfect way. I want to do that too, but I'm afraid that's, that, that has eluded me all my life. He says, oh, when will you come to me? I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. And what he's saying is, I'm wanting to, I'm wanting to have your ways and your perfection, and I'm wanting to walk in your wisdom and your wise, and I want you, I want you to walk with me in that, Lord. And the truth is that when we walk with God, we do walk in those things. But it's hard to walk each day in faith, and I never leave people with the idea that perfection is going to be around the corner for you, and that you're going to get everything worked out and, and worked out perfectly, because Jesus said, "In this world, you will have trouble." He says, I will set nothing wicked before my eyes. Now, I do think that's important. What he's saying is not allow yourself to be watching or seeing or being in, in the presence of those things. And it, it, it is important that you don't do that, that you guard your heart, you guard your eyes. And he says that he, he will do that. And for David, that was important, especially considering his issues with Bathsheba and all the problems that uh, brought about. David understood that he needed to not allow his eyes to wander. And Lord knows if you're a man, that's not an easy thing. He says, I hate the works of those who fall away. I hate the works of those who fall away. That's important too, to look at those who have walked with God and who've, who've been regular and active, a part of the work of God in the local church and see those who have slowly fallen away and hate that which has caused that to fall them to fall away. And let me say that. Let me say this. You can see how easily people are are, are enticed away from regularly being a part of what God's doing. And I would say to you that falling away is a slow, but it is a it is a steady process. And for you, before you, the things that cause them to fall away seem to be very innocuous, seem to be something that's not anything bad or wrong. But before you know, they are so far away from God and so far away from his will and his plan. And when you start talking to them, they're miserable. And uh, he says, I hate the works of those who fall away. And he's not saying he hates the person. He hates the things that cause people to fall away. And there are some major things that are out there in the world today that cause people to fall away. And they seem to they seem to be maybe family oriented or they may seem to be something that is good. And let me tell you something. There there is no substituting the good for God's best. And God's best is clear that He wants His people to regularly meet with Him and to regularly uh, walk with Him and to regularly worship together and to be together. Mm -hmm.
and those who fall away, fall away, generally fall away, not because of some major sin. They generally fall away because of they allow their hearts and their desires of their heart to be focused on something else other than what God's doing. He says, I hate the works of those who fall away. It shall not cling to me. What he's saying is, I'm not going to allow the things that guide feet people away. I'm not going to let it cling to me. I'm not going to let those things become important in my life, so important that what God's doing is not important. And the truth is that there's really not any good reason for that. There's not really good, any good reason um, to do that. He says, a perfect Perverse heart shall depart from me. I will not know wickedness. Another vow he's making there, another a statement. Of, he's, he's trying to make a stand about how to live and how to walk. And he says, I, I'm not going to have a per, perverse heart. It, it shall depart from me. I will not know wickedness. What he's saying is, I'm not going to allow myself to wander in those things so that my life reflects those things. And, and how easy is it for everyone? How easy is that for everyone? But it's real easy for everyone. It is, it is, it is, it is picked up and done just in an instant. And how many times in my life, and I'm not at 50 years old, but I'm not far from it. I'm just around the corner from it. And how many times in my life have I seen others that just so easily, so easily wander away into their own desires? And eventually that wandering into those things has led them to, <clears throat> surround themselves with people who are not godly, who are not wise, who are not walking with him and they and their lives don't reflect anything about it. And the person who wandered away, they're just like that. And, and, and the story of the prodigal son is the perfect picture of a person who wants to go and wander and, and chase after the world rather than remaining in their father's house. And what a great story that is. And, and the understandings that you gain from that story are powerful because because we lose we lose all of God's best when we live uh, our lives separated from Him and in the world. And He says, "I'm not going to do." That. And it's easy to do that. I I, I will say that it, I, I'll be the first to admit it is easy to wander yourself into those things. But it doesn't mean it doesn't mean that uh, it, it should be done. Here's another thing that is easy to get into. He says, "Whoever secretly slanders his neighbor." Him I will destroy. The one who has haughty, a haughty look and a proud heart, him I will not endure. Notice he says, he who secretly slanders his neighbor. And that's such an easy thing too. And we don't talk about, we don't talk about the pervasiveness and the, and the terribleness of gossip and slander and uh, saying, speaking evil of others that you don't even know to really be and saying things about someone that you don't like just to just to diminish them so that uh, you can gain an advantage over them or maybe even maybe you can even get them out of the way or get them out of your life. He says, listen, I, I, whoever secretly slanders is him I will destroy. He's saying don't talk bad about other people in private and secret. Don't let that be a part of your heart and don't let that be on your tongue. And he says the one who has a haughty look and that's prideful, haughty being prideful look and a proud heart, he says, him I will not endure. Don't be around those who are very prideful. And he says, I'm not going to allow those things to happen because pride is an, pride is the original sin of Satan. And it, it, it is very contagious. And gossip is an easy pit to fall into. And they're both things that we need not 
get into. We need not uh, allow our lives to slowly slide toward those things. We need to say what we need to say and move on and not allow ourselves to continually ponder and continually focus our lives on those things because what we speak about is what's coming up out of our heart. And if what's coming out of, out of our heart is slander of our neighbor, then we need to deal with that heart issue. And uh, if that's coming up out of you all the time and you love to talk and love to gossip, then you, you need to deal with God about that because there's some part of you that you're trying to make okay for yourselves by tearing other people down. And whatever that is, you need to deal with it with God so that God can deal, can help you work through that so that you're, you're not uh, trying to cover up the pain of something in your own life by hurting someone else. He says, uh, whoever secretly stands in his neighbor, him I will destroy. And the one who has a haughty look and a proud heart, him I will not endure. And pride does is a very big contagious it's very contagious and it can, and it leads to separation from God because there, there cannot be any pride before God. There can only be humility and there can only be a recognition, a true recognition, which is the fear of the Lord, true recognition of who is, who he is and who we are because of him, not because of ourselves. He says, my eyes shall be on the faithful of the land. Notice he's going to, he's going to transition. He says, I'm going to focus on who are people of faith. I'm going to surround myself with people of faith. And uh, <clears throat> boy, that's very difficult when you're young. And the older you get, the more you realize that putting yourself in a position where you're around people of faith and people who walk with God is what helps you walk with God. And finding the people that are genuinely seeking after God, not people of perfection, but people who are genuinely seeking after God. When you find that group of people, when you find a group that uh, really is trying to do uh, uh, what God has for them in their lives and, and trying to be light to the world and love to the world. When you find that group of people, well, you want to stay with them. You want to stick with them and you want, you, you want to change and alter your life so that you fit into that crowd. And that group of people, they won't fail you. They may fail themselves and they may fail at times, but ultimately they're going to find the right way and they're going to find the way of hope and they're going to find the way of healing and, and they're going to find the way of reconciliation and they're going to search for reconciliation. And if it's not possible, then it's not possible. But with God's people, reconciliation ought to be possible. He says that they may dwell with me. He who walks in a perfect way, he shall serve me. Notice he says, my eyes shall be on the faithful in the land that they may dwell with me. He who walks in a perfect way, he shall serve me. And he's the king. And what he's saying is, I'm going to, I'm going to surround my people and I'm going to live, I'm going to allow the people of my household. And he's obviously got a royal, he's gonna, he says, the people of my household are going to be the people who are, are faithful, the faithful people of the land. I'm not going to, I'm not going to allow anyone in my house who's not a part of that. And boy, that's even as, as much important as anything. We need to surround ourselves with God's people. Now that doesn't mean that we, that we live in little enclaves and build for ourselves small shelters and places where we don't, where, where we have no contact with the world. That's not, that, the Bible says be in the world, but not of the world. It, it's, it doesn't mean that we need to build enclaves all over the place where we only have contact with those who are followers of Christ. We need to be we need to be God's ambassadors in the world. We need to be actively involved in what's going on around us and a part of that. But in our close personal relationships and in our homes, 
We need to have those around us who are chasing after God themselves. Do you not know bad company corrupts good character? And, and that's not Old Testament, that's New Testament. We need to be around those who, who have God's character because the God's character is contagious. It really is. He says, he who works deceit shall not dwell within my house. And lying and stealing are, they're highly destructive. He who works deceit shall not dwell in it within my house. He who tells lies shall not continue in my presence. And it's hard to have a relationship when there's no truth. Um, in fact, the truth is the standard. Being able to tell each other the truth and tell each other how you're feeling and tell each other what's going on is the standard. And it's a difficult, it's a difficult standard, but it is the standard because without trust and trust is based on the truth. The reason we can trust God is because Jesus is the truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And the truth allows us to trust him. And without truth, there can't be any faith. And that is a deep, but important understanding. Without truth, there can't be any faith. He says, early, I will destroy all the wicked of the land. And he's operating as king here. He says, early, I'll destroy all the wicked of the land. I'm not going to tell God's people to go out there and destroy all the wicked of the land. There is a time for peace and a time for war. As Ecclesiastes says, I don't think we're at that time for war yet. He says, but he says, early, I will destroy all the wicked of the land. He says that I may cut off all the evildoers from the city of the Lord. He's saying, I'm, I as king am going to uh, wipe out those who uh, don't walk righteously and don't walk upright before God. And God is king. He is going to do that one day. He's going to ultimately bring about his peace. And that peace is going to be a peace of righteousness and holiness. And it's going to have its purpose but for us, I think as you read this psalm, and it's a difficult psalm, it's not easy. As you read this psalm, you see a heart that is desiring, uh, desiring to be faithful and to be right with God. And some of the keys to, if you just kind of just at, at a thousand or three thousand foot level, you just kind of 30,000 foot view of it. If you just look down at it, you see some very keys to how to live, how to live a life that gains God's best. First, you got worship. Second, you realize that, that your behavior and what you do matters. And then he walks, then he goes in, goes into understanding the works of the unrighteous or the wicked and, and not wanting to be in that part. And then he goes into some main things that really can, these things that kind of eat their way into the Christian's life and cause us to wander away and their slander. It's pride. It's, it's placing wickedness before us on a regular basis. It's, it's surrounding ourselves with other believers, making sure that our, the, our intimate group, the group of people that we are regularly around and regularly working with, that they are people that are chasing after God themselves, not in perfection, but chasing after God themselves and, and hating that which is destroying the world, which is wickedness. And when you look at that, that, that is a very reasonable way of seeing how to live a life. It, it, this psalm in many ways ought to be, not ought to be, but in many ways it's a proverbial. It's a proverb. It's telling us how um, we should live and taking that of the things that cause us not to dwell with God's people and dwell in his house. And I guess the first day of the week, that would be a great thing to look at. Do you have gossip on your lips? Do you walk with pride? Do you, do you allow the things of this world 
to be in front of you all the time and never the things of God? And are you easily drawn away to worldliness and drawn away from God's people into the things of this world? And if those things are all true about you, if that's so for you, well, then, then you're gonna, you're going to live a life that's very painful and difficult. But if you'll do the things that God says, the easy things, the things, and when I say they're easy, they're simple. They're not easy. They're difficult, but they're simple. The simple things that God says are important. If we do those things and we allow our hearts to be uh, focused on those things, we'll end up making the right decisions on a daily basis and we'll end up making the right decisions for a lifetime and we'll end up walking in God's best. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.